Grace and peace to you, Bloom, and welcome to our guided liturgy podcast. My name is Seth Slay, and I'm the music and arts pastor here at Bloom Church in Denver, Colorado. And today we're going to be continuing our focus on the ancient meditative practice of the examine, while also looking at our commitments. This week we're looking at two of our commitments. We're looking at shared life as well as hospitality. In this episode, we explore those topics with Dulce and Taryn and David and myself, while also guiding you through our liturgy together and our prayers, and you'll also hear a song that was written within our community here at Bloom. So we hope that today's episode acts as a way to draw you into the beauty of Christ as seen through the people of God, and we hope that it would help us to be more hospitable and more loving to the people around us as well. So we're glad you're with us on this journey, and we hope you enjoy the liturgy today. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's join with the church worldwide in praying the prayer of the day. Almighty and merciful God, it is only by your gift that your faithful people offer you true and laudable service. Grant that we may run without stumbling to obtain your heavenly promises. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Apostle Paul says, Be imitators of God. Love as Christ loved. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Put away all anger and bitterness, all slander and malice. So let us confess our sin to God, who forgives us in Christ. In a dark and disfigured world, we have not held out the light of life. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. In a hungry and despairing world, we have failed to share our bread. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. In a cold and loveless world, we have kept the love of God to ourselves. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May God forgive us by the death of her Son, and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all our days. Amen. Amen. Courage 
Hear a reading from Psalm 119. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey God's laws and search for God with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in the paths of God. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. Glory to the Father, 
and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hear a reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Hear a reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 25. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. In thinking about our commitment to shared life, it can be easy to get lost in the vision of it. And we read this accounting of the early church in Acts and all that was happening the depth of the life that they shared. People were being healed. People were being brought into a salvation life and people shared their belongings. There was a blurred line between what belonged to one and what belonged to the other. It was just this vision of humans living together in a way that honors one another, a way that honors the common vision that they each hold. And then we go to Denver, Colorado in 21, in the middle of a pandemic and And the church says, we have a commitment to shared life. And I think that sometimes that can be overwhelming because it's hard. And it was hard last year when we had the restrictions. It's hard this year because now we're all depressed or anxious or don't know how to get back into our rhythms. And so it can be, I think, a little bit shaming, a little bit too much if the church just says, commit to shared life again. And out of that sensitivity of backed off, to think about what was the reality that they lived in in the early church? What was the eternal construct in which they found themselves? And he goes back to that prayer of Jesus that, that we would be one. As Christ is one with the Father, and we are one with Christ, that through the Spirit we're one with each other. And Jesus actually says that that's how the world will know of the love of Christ, is through the unity, the oneness of the people of God, the oneness of of those who are open to Christ, of those who are living in that reality. So when we think about shared life, I wonder if that's how the early church held it within themselves, how they saw it, is that 
the reality in the eternal is that they are one. They're one people. There's no division. There's no us and them. There's no have and have not. There's no in. There's no out. There just is the human family held by Christ, made one with the Spirit. And so everything they do, be it share a meal, enter into prayer, sell belongings, take what they need, it's all done out of the reality that they already share all things. They're already one. And that says that we don't have to be necessarily in close proximity physically. And I know that can be hard in this season. Rather, it's an invitation to live in that reality that Jesus prays for, that he calls us into, that we would be one, that we would be unified, that we would share our life, not only with those in our little community, but with the human family, that we feel the suffering of the human family, that we feel the pain, that we feel the joy, that we feel that longing in all of us to live connected, to live aware, to live graceful and compassionate of the other. And so that's that vision for shared life. And I think that draws us into our fourth commitment, which is hospitality. This hospitality, we've said, is arranging our tangible world in hopes that the eternal would break in for the sake of the other. And so hospitality, in a sense, is a gateway. It's a doorway that we invite others into that reality of unity, of oneness in Christ. And hospitality is the cup of coffee. It's the invite. It's the text. It's the meeting someone. It's calling people into that reality. It's calling ourselves into that reality. It's seeing what Christ would do when we gather open and ready to experience what oneness feels like. So if shared life is the vision and hospitality is the road that gets us there. It's marked with compassion, with invite, with equality, with love. Just as we see in the life of Jesus, as he walked roads, as he sat at tables, he invited people through hospitality into the reality of shared life, of oneness. So in all of this, I hope that we hold this as a community, as an invite, as expansive, and not as a to-do list, not as a mandate, but as something that is truly compelling and inspiring. You know, I think we can read this passage in Acts, and it sounds very romantic. And I can't imagine that it was. And there's a lot of different types of people there. I mean, if they're human, and I've said this before, I, I believe we're created for community, so I think it's something that we long for. And I think it's a very right thing. It takes a commitment. Shared life takes work. Hospitality takes work. It takes intentionality. Somebody has to order the food. <laughs> you know, like you have, there's details there that aren't like, this, I'm having the time of my life doing this. At least we have found there's a real piece of commitment that breaks down shared life really happening for an extended period of time. And if it's shared life, it takes an extended period of time to get to the depth where you feel like you're sharing life and not just having a get together at a random time or here or there. Again, I don't think that this all just came together in acts like this beautiful outflow of the Holy Spirit and everybody lived in unity and shared and there was no yeah, Pleasantville. Yeah. <laughs> I I just have the hardest time believing that's how it went. Mm -hmm. I wish that there was some kind of commentary on what the agreements were <laughs> to each other. What were the commitments that were made? 
that they honored to such an extent that this scripture could be written about them. Yeah, we can long for something, but if we're not willing to be intentional and put in the time and the work. And when you commit to something, you don't run from it. If it's like, oh, I didn't, that didn't really hit me the right way. You know, I mean, we kept coming to this podcast because that's what we committed to. And I would, so I didn't leave evaluating whether I liked you guys or not every (laughs) night, (laughs) you know, or whether I felt irritated or whatever, not that I did, but I wasn't evaluating that because that wasn't what the commitment was based on. The commitment was based on doing something as a group that felt right. And therefore there wasn't that other piece. And I think too often we bring that other piece into the picture of like, how did they make me feel? Or did that Mm -hmm. meet my needs? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, all this stuff that gets in the way of being committed to it and letting what comes out of that be very spirit filled. Something I've never noticed until now in this passage is that it, it's very empathetic. It's all about like, you know, we are a community together. And so because of that, like needs come up. And so we're going to meet those needs for each other. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that. It's, it doesn't necessarily say that specifically, but it, that to me is the commitment. It's mm-hmm. a commitment to care for each other mm-hmm. as family. And shared isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. We know that, from, you know, Paul's always telling him, stop being crazy or mean. <laughs> For the rest of the epistles, you know, he's, so we know that it wasn't easy, mm-hmm. but it was shared. Yeah, it was real. It was honest. Mm-hmm. And there's no there's no like requirements or prerequisites either. When you see this, like it's not saying this type of people was mm-hmm. was devoted devoted themselves. It's like just these people. These could have been random people. Could have been a very small number of people. Could have been a large number of people. We don't know that really. I mean, we, it talks a little bit about numbers, but we don't know what those little churches look like, those little gatherings of people look like, or those little communities of people. Like, could have been just like a family, you know? I think I, I get caught up in this passage thinking like, I, we have to like do this with our entire church community. Mm-hmm. Whereas in reality, I don't think that's true. I think it's just like, find your people and do life with them. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. And follow Christ together. And that's mm-hmm. it. Like, help each other, meet each other's needs and be kind to each other and love each other. That's it. Like be family with each other, treat each other as, as humans. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes our expectations of a thing will ruin the, the magic of it. We just this weekend had some friends in town that had moved away from Denver. And when they were here, we had this, our house church had several people who have since moved away and it, it was by no means perfect. It was messy at times and hard stuff that we went through together and fun stuff. And it was always this, I remember thinking like, when is it going to click? Like, when's it going to click and feel like it should? Before it clicked, it was gone. And um, we talk when we all get together about how we wish that someone had stood in the middle of our gathering (laughs) saying, hey, enjoy this moment. Like it's not perfect. It is hard. There are struggles. There's tension or whatever, but enjoy it because it's not going to last. I think it speaks to what you're saying, Seth, is that sometimes it's just looking at the people in front of you that you happen to be around for whatever reason. And you say, this is my people and share life with them. Good, bad, ugly, hard, whatever. And 
I think for me to stop waiting for it to click, waiting for it to look like perfect mm-hmm. or the early church or we're always striving for that. Right? It was, they were probably waiting for it to click, mm-hmm. to be honest. It's probably hard. Well, in the next chapter, they're arguing, so. Yeah. Um, the rest of time, <laughs> they're yeah. arguing, the church. Yeah. <laughs> I think one thing we might have to get better at is tending to our own soul. Mm. And then perhaps helping to tend to another's. Yeah, I think you're right. I think part of this bloom is, is, is knowing, like, what am I able to do? Because we're not, we are called to commitment, but not to heaviness. Mm-hmm. So it's learning how to tend to those places in, in ourselves and say, what level am I able to enter into community mm-hmm. and to share at this point and to do the work in that space of helping others to tend to their soul? I mean, th- those are those places we all, in those spaces we all want to be in. Someone sees us and asks us mm-hmm. about the state of our own heart, our soul. What are you believing? What are you passionate about? Where are you going? But yeah, to keep it honoring and to keep it sacred. I said, as a as a community, we we listen to what's going on. We listen inside of us. And we listen to the Spirit of God, and we we walk in a place that honors not only where we are, but where Christ has us, and that honors our ability to give and to receive. We pray to God, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, creator, and renew the earth. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, counselor, and touch our lips that we may proclaim your word. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, power from on high. Make us channels of peace and ministers of healing. Holy Spirit, come come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, breath of God. Give life to the dry bones around us and make us a living people, holy and free. Holy Spirit, come come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, wisdom and truth. Strengthen us to be bold in faith. Holy Spirit, come upon us. 